How effective are you in the world for Jesus? Okay, just scale, just, just, just guide yourself, you know, judge yourself. Just, just how effective am I in the world for Jesus? Okay, one to ten, write it down. Come on, write it down, you can do it. I'll wait, it's all good. And how engaged, as you think about that, ask yourself this, how engaged are you in the world where you can be effective, like where you can be used by God? Right? Scale one to ten, how effective are you in this world for Jesus? And our topic, our text is going to kind of challenge us a little bit this morning. We're in Matthew chapter five. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter five. This is early in uh, Jesus' ministry, and he's teaching, uh, and he's, he's sharing truth from heaven with people, and they're, they're, they're learning things that they've never learned before. You know, he, Jesus is saying things to them that they have never heard in their lives. You know, Jews, Gentiles, Samaritans, all of them, they're just like amazed at the things that Jesus is saying. Because he's saying things that, and he's saying them in a way that they're, they're able to understand, you know, they're able to grab onto. And today, this passage that we're going to look at is just like no different. I mean, it's so clear what Jesus says to us about us, about his people, the church. And look what he says in verse 13, Matthew 5, beginning in verse 13. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Wow, that's pretty cool. But if salt loses its taste... How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much, and we're so grateful that you have given us your Spirit and your Son, and you've given us your Word. Father, I pray this morning as we, as we in, in this room sit together, as your people, as your children, sons and daughters of the King, Father, that we would we would sense how awesome you are. That we would, we would just grab a little bit deeper of how precious and how powerful and how much you love us. God, that in this place, we would sense that you're moving among your people and that you want to do great things in us. That you love us, you're for us. And I pray, God, that you would move us in such a way that when we leave here today, we'll be different that you will grab hold of our hearts and your spirit will move in us in a, in a new way. We love you so much. We're so grateful that you love us, that you let us come here to worship and to sing your praise and to read your word. Speak to us, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So community today, community is this. It's a lot of things we've been talking about, but community is this. It's salt and it's light right? Salt and light. Two simple things, right? I mean, things that we, uh, you know, have in our lives every day, salt and light, right? Go home and you put salt on stuff, right? It's good. 
If you didn't have light on, you wouldn't be able to find the salt, right? So, so they kind of work together well, don't they? Salt and light. Jesus is going to tell us that we are salt and light. And he gives us two really cool, like, objects that describe what the community is about, right? He's talking about God's people. He's talking about his children. And then he gives us one main purpose for this community that we're going to look at, okay? So it's almost as if Jesus is saying directly to you and to me today, hey, community, yo, you guys, you are, let's just stop right there for a minute, you are, all right? Because he's about to say something that you are, right? That's pretty powerful in itself, just the first two words. He says, you are. In fact, what he's talking about is not just anybody out there, but he's talking about you, like you, me, you, Christian, you, disciple, you who claim to be a follower of me, you. Jesus is talking to you today. You know, he's talking to me right now. He's not just saying, hey, all you people. Jesus says, you. Look at the, look at the first few words. You. Are. So when he says you are, he's basically saying this, he's about to tell us what you are. Like, like this is like for sure. This is this is with certainty. This is not like you might be or you could be or you might possibly be. He's saying you are, and he's about to tell us what we are. Right? There's a, you know, we, we tell people a lot of things about what they are, don't we? Right? Don't we? Like, uh, we, we might say something like, man, you are so smart to your kids, right? That would you say to your kids, Keith? You are so smart, right? Aaron, you might say something a little different, I know. <laughs> you amaze me. That's what Aaron would say. You amaze <laughs> You might say you're a knucklehead, right? And, 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 you know, that's when somebody maybe didn't do something you thought they should do, and you basically say, you are. We use that term a lot, right? You are. And Jesus uses that term and he says, you are. And then he says, this is what you are. So this is what I am. This is what you are. When it comes to like the community of a God and me and be a part of it, this is what I am. This is what you are. And he says, you are salt. Be salt. Now, that's pretty interesting, right? Because can you imagine these guys hearing this, maybe for the first time, Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth. And if he just stopped right there, they would think, what in the world are you talking about, Jesus? What could this possibly mean, that I am the salt of the earth? And then their minds might begin to wonder what, you know, what he's talking about or what salt does and all these things. The idea of salt is the word halus, and it means salt, like table salt, like, like what table salt is to meat you are to the world. Salt. He says, you are salt. So what does it mean to be salt? It means a couple of things. First of all, it means, it means flavor, doesn't it? We put salt on stuff to give it flavor. Right? Like, like if you don't put salt on stuff, it doesn't taste very good. Or if you don't season something, it doesn't taste quite as good as it could. Right? Like we went to the movies the other night. And um, took some kids to the movies, and um, you know, of course, there's you got to buy the popcorn and the drinks, and you know, you got to write a check for all that. <laughs> and then you go down the line, and you got like 30 different flavors you could put on your popcorn, right? Because popcorn by itself is like tea without sugar, <laughs> right? Like sweet, it's like tea, huh? <laughs> Like tea, you know, I understand some people drink tea without sugar because, you know, your diet or because your health. 
But tea without sugar is just like, why bother? Like, drink water. Like, isn't it nasty? I guess you acquire the taste for it. But like popcorn without some kind of seasoning, it's just bland. It's like chewing on cardboard. Right? But you add that seasoning to it, whatever it might be, nacho or kettle corn or cheddar or just butter, you know, just cover the thing in butter and eat it with a spoon. Uh, whatever you do, I mean, it gives flavor to what it is you're eating, right? That's what it is. It's, it's flavor. Salt gives flavor. Different kinds of salt, different flavors of salt give flavor. So our followers are to add like God's spice to the world. That's what we do. We bring God's spice to life. In the world, that's what Jesus says. You are the salt of the earth. You are like spice to food you are to the world. He's calling us to be different in this world. In everything that is like godly, in everything that is good, we have so much more because of God, right? We are so much more blessed because of God than people of the planet. And so when we go out into the world, we should be more. Like we should be more flavor to the world than anyone else out there, right? That's what we should be, salt, right? The second thing that, that salt does is it's a preservative, right? Right? It, it prevents decomposition. That's what it does. That's what salt does. It keeps things from rotting out, right? Just plain and simple. It just keeps things from spoiling or from getting, going bad, right? So to keep meat back in the day or even now, you either have to refrigerate it or you pack it in salt, or it's going to rot, right, and, and get nasty. Doesn't take long, does it? Leave it out on the counter for a day, and you'll see how quickly things just deteriorate. But you pack it in salt, or you put it in uh, refrigeration, and it lasts longer. He says, you are salt, you are preservative. And since GE wasn't around back in the day, salt was what they used. So salt was what they understood that would like, be effective in preserving something specifically meat for them, right? If they wanted to keep it for a long time, they would have to pack it in salt. So it, it has to do with keeping things useful. It has to do with keeping things like fresh and keeping things that are edible. So salt of the earth means that you and I, Jesus is saying, you are the preservative of the planet. You are the only hope of the planet. The world's only chance of anything good is Jesus in us, in us in the world. You're a preservative to the world. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus is saying. In other words, he's saying, like, you are the bam of the earth. You know, Emerald Lagasse, everybody know Emerald, right? He makes his dish, right? He's a cook on TV. You're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then he takes that seasoning at the end, bam! Well, you're the Bam! Right? That's what we are. Jesus is saying, you're, you know, without you, the life is just bland and plain. But with you, with me and you and you and the world, you are like the bam of the earth. Like, go be the bam, man. Right? That's what he's saying here. That's what he's telling us. Be the bam. So basically, look what he says in these verses. He says, if salt loses its saltiness, he says, it becomes useless. It's no longer good for anything. How effective are you in the world? On a scale of 1 to 10, how effective are you in the world for Christ? 
Like that's a good question. You need to ask yourself that because we need to, wherever we are, we need to step it up. Like we, we can be more effective. None of us are a 10. None of us are even close. We can all be a little more effective for Christ. And he says, if salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything. It is tasteless. It is ineffective. It has become, basically what he's saying here is, it has become like pre-created man. Dirt. To be thrown out and trampled by men. Did you see what he says? If salt has lost its saltiness, if you have lost your saltiness for Christ in the world, you are useless. I mean, it's pretty strong, isn't it? It's like right there in your face kind of stuff. But that's Jesus. That's what he said. I didn't say it. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. So he says, you are salt, be salt. And then, then he says to them, he says, hey, community, hey, hey people who claim to be followers of me, who claim to be disciples of Jesus, you are also light. You are light, so go be light. And what does it mean to be light? Well, this kind of goes back to like the creation, right? At the very beginning when the world was like utterly dark and it was formless and it was void and it was empty. And God said in the midst of all this darkness, God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. And he saw the light and he said, this is good. This is good. So we flip the page into the spiritual truth, and the world as we now live in is dark and empty and void and evil. And we are the church, right? We are the body of Christ, the community of God in the world. We are disciples of Jesus who claim to have Jesus living in us. And God sends Jesus, the light of the world, and he makes the light shine on us, and he lets the, world, the, the light shine and dwell in us. And God says, in a spiritual world, you are the light of the world. That's, that's a high order, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of responsibility with, with Jesus saying to me and saying to you, you are the salt of the earth, like you are the only hope of the planet. Me and you and you in the world, we've got to get this right. We better do this right. And not only are you the salt to preserve and to give flavor to the world, but you are also the light of the world where, where you give hope and direction and, and a lamp to the dark world that people might find their way. That's pretty heavy to be, to be given to us, right? In a dark and weary land, we are to shine. We are to shine Jesus to the world. So what does light do? It illuminates, right? It provides like clarity to the path that we walk, right? It provides, it provides clarity for people. Right? The world is looking for somebody. The world is looking for truth. The world is looking for answers, right? In all the chaos and confusion, the world is looking for somebody, something that would point them in the right direction. And that's what the body of Christ should do, right? That's what we do. We are the light of the world. He says a couple things here about the light. He says, you are a city on a hill, right? And a city on a hill cannot be hidden, right? You see it. You know, you're driving through the hills, you're driving through the mountains, and you see these, these houses that are all lit up on a hill. You see a city on a hill. It's like a lighthouse, right? In a sense, it's like a lighthouse. It's like obvious, and it's evident to all, right? That's what, a, that's what the light does. It, is, it illuminates so that people can see safety, or they can see hope, or they can see something 
but hide it. No, we don't do that. Like most of us want to just kind of like live in our own little world and claim to be the light of the world, and you can't do both. Jesus said, if you're the light of the world, then you are like a city set on a hill. How effective is your light? On a scale of one to ten, how effective is the light that you're shining in a dark world? It's a good question. So what do we do? We, we, we just get out there and do something. Do anything. Just go do something for the Lord. And let him take you from there, right? Let him lead your steps from there. Secondly, he says it's like a candle on a mantle, right? It's like you put a light on a mantle, right, in a house, and it gives light to everyone in the house. That's what lights do. It provides, like, light so people don't walk into things. Hide it under a bushel? Thank you very much. Of course not. We're not going to hide it under a bushel. That's not what you do with a light, right? A light is to shine so that others can see their way. How effective are we being as salt? How effective are we being as light? Ask yourself. And then Jesus shares the primary purpose for being salt and light, okay? And he, he kind of just shares in this, these few verses, verse 16, he says, he says it like this, he says, in the same way. In the same way that salt penetrates the world or the salt penetrates meat or preserves meat or adds flavor in the same way that light lights the path, lights, it's like a city on a hill. In the same, very same way, he says, Here's what you're to do. He tells us what to do. He tells us why we should do it. He tells us who gets the credit. And he tells us like where to do it. So he says, he says, in the same way, first of all, let your light shine. Okay? So, so right off the bat, he says, the same way that, that a city on a hill cannot be hidden in the same way that you don't put a, a light on, a, a cover over light, but you put it on the mantle so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way that salt Salt flavors things you in the same way, he says, let your light shine. Let your saltiness penetrate, right? See, we go, we go um, salt the earth, right? As a, as a believer with Jesus living in us, we go out into the world and we bring Jesus to the world. We salt the earth and we light up the darkness. That's what we do. That's what we should do, right? Go, shine for Jesus. That's what we do. And then he says, where to do this? Like, where should I shine? And he says very clearly, where? Two words. Before others. Right? In the same way, let your light shine before others. It's, it's really not hard. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Just go shine before others. Go serve the world that's lost. Take the light of Jesus, be the flavor of God among the lost. Just go out into the world and serve others. Let your light shine before other people as a testimony of how awesome God is to you, as a witness of his grace and his goodness to the world and to you. Right? It's simple. We just go out and we just live like Jesus lived. That's what we do. Out there in a dark world, salt and light, right? We impact a lost world. That's what we do. That's what the community God is supposed to be about, right? Going out into the world and shining for Jesus. Why do we do it? Very simple. He says, go do it before others. Why? So that they would see your good deeds, right? They're going to they're see the evidence of God living in you, right? 
Not see like the t-shirt you're wearing or the bumper sticker you got on your car. Not hearing our Christian lingo, but they would see specifically how you live among them. Not hiding from them, not covered up away from the world, but in the world shining brightly, penetrating, bringing flavor and salt to the world. That's where we're to live, right? Out there where people need Jesus, right? Shining for him. That's, that's why we do it, is so that they would see our good deeds. And who gets all the credit? Not me, not you. God gets all the credit, right? That's what he says. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. That they would give all glory to God for for what God is doing in his community, in his people, and then want to be a part of that. Like, how could you resist it? Like, if you truly saw a group of people shining and living for Jesus in unity, and togetherness, loving one another, sharing their lives together. That's attractive. That's what grew the early church, isn't it? The, the fact that they came together and loved one another and they met needs and they loved the world because they wanted to bring Jesus to a dark world and they became salt and light to the world around them and the church just boomed because they were living like Jesus. That's what they were doing. God gets the glory, right? That your life, that everything in your life would point to him. So the question is, the big question is, how, how do we stay salty and how do we shine brightly? Okay, that's a good question, isn't it? How do we do that? Maybe your light is dimmed. You know, you, you've been a Christian for a long time and you've just kind of been going through the motions and your light has just become kind of like um, a very dim light. And this morning you're sitting here going, I want my light to shine brighter for God. You know, I just want before my end comes, before I check out, I want to be as bright for God as I can, right? I want to go out with a bam, <laughs> you know, or maybe you're sitting here going, you know, I'm not that effective. Uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, I've maybe a three or a four at the most, probably more like a two. And I, and I can be more effective. I can, I can figure out a way to get more involved in the world so I can bring Jesus with me there and be more effective and impact some more people somehow, some way. There's ways out there if we'll just be willing to go and do it. How effective are you in the world? How, how can we be more bright? How can we be more salty? And the answer is simple. We've got to start by coming back to Jesus, Right? In Jesus, everything finds its place. Even you, right? Even you. All of us find our place in Jesus. And it doesn't matter if it's the first time that you've ever come to Jesus or the hundredth time that you're coming back to Jesus and you're humbling yourself before him and saying, God, God, help me to get my mind back on you. Help me to give my heart back on you. Would you, would you just bow your heads with me? Father, we... We love you so much, God, and we're here this morning not just to come to church. We're here because we want to come to you, Jesus. And we know how much we need you. And so, Father, right now we're just humbling ourselves before you. And we're asking God, we're crying out to you, help us. Help us love you so much. 
because of the amount of love that you have for us. Help us to love you so much that we want other people to know that love and your grace, your goodness. Father, please do whatever you must in us as a body, as a church, as individuals. God, we want to be more effective for you. Not that we would be uh, pleasing in your eyes or earn salvation, but that we could be more effective in the world for you before you come back. God, help us to realize that that you and, and our connection to you is all that will matter in the end. Eternity is only in you and that other people are are lost and they need you. Father, use us to to reach them. We love you so much. We give you thanks, God, for your patience and your grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.